to the Supply Chain Tech Podcast with Rombi. In this episode, we speak with Gopal R, the Global Vice President of Supply Chain Practice at Frost & Sullivan, a leading global research and consulting firm world-renowned for their market intelligence, insight, and advisory services. Gopal shares with us supply chain transformation trends, the top five emerging technologies, and how supply chain and logistics professionals are leveraging these technologies today. Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to the Rombi Supply Chain Technology Podcast Series. Uh, in this episode, uh, we have a guest, uh, Gopal, with us, who's from Frost & Sullivan. Uh, talk a little bit about Gopal. Gopal has um, been a supply chain transformation leader, and that's what we're going to be talking to him today. Uh, Gopal has had a uh, a long career with Frost & Sullivan. He has uh, basically handled uh, entire geography, set up consulting practices from bottom up uh, in places like Malaysia. He's currently in Dubai and uh, he is, uh, apart from his global, uh, global consulting expertise in supply chain, logistics and transportation, he is actually an expert in the EMEA and Southeast Asia market. And by the way, one more thing about Gopal is that I just came to know uh, just before we sat down for this chat that Gopal is also a marathon runner and he likes to uh, run a marathon in pretty much every geo that he goes to transform supply chain set. Isn't that Gopal? Yeah, thanks Prem. Uh... Very good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Uh, thank you so much for having me on uh, this session. Uh, it's indeed quite exciting how, uh, for instance, COVID-19 has actually transformed us. Uh, although you know we have social distancing norms, in my in my view, it has actually brought us all closer uh, with all these digitization uh, and so on. So. Thanks for the very uh, nice introduction. Yes, indeed, uh, I want to be uh, be able to at least do a 10K in all the places that I've traveled for business. I'm getting there. You know, I'm probably at maybe a 20 or 30% mark now. So hopefully we'll get there soon someday. Wonderful, Gopal. And as I think you get um, fitter and fitter, I think you're also making the supply chains more fitter and fitter. So we would love to talk to you about that today. So, so welcome again. Um, the topic for today is um, the top technologies that are powering supply chain transformation. So there are a lot of technologies that are powering supply chain transformation, but there are a few top ones which are actually making the largest change. Um, right, Gopal? And so as a supply chain transformational uh, consultant leader, um, I want to basically begin with understanding a little bit of, from you about what you define as supply chain transformation uh, before we actually get into the technologies that power it. Yeah. <clears throat> before that, uh, a short anecdote, I would say. Uh, back in 2011, I don't know how many people uh, recollect uh, you know, the floods in Thailand. And those days uh, in the Rayong area used to be a lot of the uh, 
the hard disk component suppliers. So there used to be some close to about 14,000, 15,000 odd companies and factories which used to be part of the supply chain of the large hard disk manufacturers. Now, suddenly what happened was most of them were underwater uh, and uh, the entire hard disk manufacturing uh, was stalled and they couldn't, you know, the prices shot up and there was significant challenges for almost all the large players. So during that time, a little closer to the time, one of the electronics companies was actually keen to look at uh, how uh, they could actually uh, look up alternate suppliers in some other markets, as well as identify logistic service providers who can actually do the job of uh, moving, uh, you know, shifting from the existing supply base in Thailand to some other country. And also most importantly uh, is to get better visibility in terms of, uh, you know, in terms of their inventories and supplies, because when such disruptions happen, uh, the biggest challenge is that you start losing the visibility and your entire planning and forecasting comes to a standstill, which is what we are experiencing now or we had experienced in terms of the COVID environment. So we did an exercise where we actually helped the company quickly, uh, you know, transform or change uh, from, you know, the existing supply base to a new supply base. Now that's where, you know, frame, you know, uh, linking that back to the question in terms of the definition uh, is uh, transformation. So what, what would you define uh, as supply chain transformation? So transformation is essentially change. So what are you trying to change? Today, if you see, there are a lot of redundant processes. Uh, today, for example, you know, somebody is receiving some goods or somebody is making a dispatch or somebody is making a delivery. So somebody is recording it at a warehouse or at a point of sale or at an inventory level first on a paper then that paper is taken to the you know to the place where the computers are somebody actually just fills it into a spreadsheet or scans it sends it to another place which is the headquarters for example so there somebody checks it and further they actually send it across to the data entry people who actually enter it into the system so this sometimes can actually be a uh, uh, close to about, uh, even sometimes it can take a day or two, firstly. Second thing is it also impacts efficiency. So the supply chain transformation definition would be to actually eliminate the redundancies and improve uh, the efficiency. That is what I would call uh, as a supply chain uh, transformation frame. Excellent, Gopal. That's a very unique way you think about this because most of the times when people are talking about supply chain transformation, they're always talking about big budgets. How do you digitally transform your organization and so on? But I think you put it in a very, very simple manner to say that you take those efficiencies out of the system, which also now means that supply chain uh, transformation is can actually be modularized and it's uh, it's most relevant now in the post-COVID period, uh, contrary to what people would think. Yeah, certainly. In fact, it is very relevant now. Even more relevant because if you look at, uh, you know, your earlier point you were talking about, you know, defining and then, you know, uh, what are some of the critical things. So one of the, one of the important things is the performance aspirations of 
companies, that is basically the trigger for any kind of a transformation. Now, that performance aspiration becomes even more important in a post-COVID environment because you have actually suffered significantly and you have lost complete visibility. So if you look at uh, you know, some of the performance uh, aspirations today uh, of companies, uh, not the aspirations part, but today the companies suffering from inventory levels, low forecasting accuracy, flexibility is a challenge, transparency doesn't exist, and also there is a lot of conflicting targets and KPIs and so on and so forth. Now, if you look at the aspirations, what we would you know, uh, sort of define as is people want the supply chain to be demand-driven, uh, optimization across different processes, like I was talking about redundancy minimization, customer-focused, uh, you know, at the end of the day, everybody wants uh, things to be aligned towards the customer and proactive and agile supply chain, which means, you know, you can quickly change something uh, and not wait for a week to actually, you know, change uh, anything as regards to the process and most importantly, transparency and visibility uh, and overall uh, having one integrated system. So these are some essential drivers uh, in the post-COVID environment, which one needs to focus on uh, to be able to actually have, uh, you know, a good business case from a supply chain transformation aspect. Prem. Interesting, Gopal. And I know for a fact that you have talked about the role of technology, and this was in the Supply Chain and Logistics Arabia conference. Um, can you tell us what are the top five technologies that are really, really driving this transformation? And like I began, there are a lot of technologies in the market, but there must be a few that are actually driving the large change, uh, which is enabling customers to do everything that you said, which is, which is begin modularly, look at the places where they need to reduce their efficiencies, or uh, a technology where basically they don't have to invest big or put in a huge amount of dollars, especially in a post-COVID scenario. True. Yeah, in fact, there are a lot of technology, uh, you know, initiatives or, uh, you know, the, the angle which, has, which is actually leading to the transformation. Like the example that I was talking about, you know, historically or even now, uh, logistics industry is traditionally fond of paper and the digitization in fact some days back you know when I was talking to uh, uh, you know uh, uh, an automotive company uh, who was employing a very reputed uh, uh, you know logistics service provider I asked them how do you get your like at the port of you know international entry how do you get back your uh, pre-delivery inspection, so you actually know what to do. Is it? Oh, the service provider at the end of the day checks it and sends it to us in an Excel file. So the Excel reaches somebody, and that somebody forwards it to somebody, and eventually that eventually it gets to you know from the uh, uh, from the logistics it goes to you know the manufacturing and goes to the plant. So the digitization can can be even just a simple Excel spreadsheet to a, you know a, a cloud platform, but. Today, uh, what is happening with the transformation is technology is leading, is, is, you know, is I would say, 
uh, is becoming the equivalent of the word transformation. So it's actually becoming a technology-shaped change because it is eliminating human error, it is eliminating the process redundancy, and it is actually helping you get better visibility. Three points, you know. So from that perspective, I would probably, you know, not in not in any specific order, but some based on a significant level of activity that is currently happening, I would say autonomous is uh, one technology. The other is internet of things, is blockchain. Then analytics in different forms as well as cloud. These are five technologies which is actually creating a lot of interest and value uh, from a services perspective, from a function perspective for customers and service providers alike. Gopal, uh, it's very interesting. You listed five technologies, autonomous, IoT, blockchain. Um, you talked about cloud and you talked about analytics. So these five technologies, how in your words would you demystify this for any supply chain professional in the world? Because when you talk about these technologies, uh, it sounds very high tech. It sounds like when I'm actually doing a paper process, uh, it's going to take me light years to adopt. Uh, so you, in, the way you're talking about supply chain transformation today, which is so rapid, I think uh, what would really help us is if you can demystify this and simplify the understanding of these five technologies. Sure. So Prem, firstly, I think these are not very high tech. Uh, in fact, yesterday I had an opportunity to meet with the uh, uh, one sort of a startup which is playing in the area of uh, artificial intelligence space, software as a service. They actually started off trying to be another transport integrator of sorts, but they realized that um, being a transport integrator or a platform, now there is huge amount of working capital that you need. And the fact that uh, even after doing such high value in terms of, uh, you know, in terms of the uh, turnover of the business, you eventually end up with eight or 10% in terms of profitability. And like I said, you need huge amount of working capital because, you know, you have checks from the clients, but you need to pay the day-to-day, -day, uh, you know, the transporters and so on, uh, who are, you know, single owner uh, uh, truckers, right? So, I mean, on, let me start with that cloud note. So this is an example where they decided that we don't want to go full-fledged as a, you know as an integration platform, but they ad they adapted their product to a SaaS environment and brought it to a SaaS model, and said, "I'm driving a AI-based SaaS model and uh, enabling companies uh, to actually build their transport aggregation you know platform." Uh, and by doing so, they suddenly shifted from, you know, a 10% profitability to probably an 80% gross margin kind of a scenario. So this is what is actually helping some of the technology companies. So cloud, and the best thing is, you don't have to invest in, you know, like any executable software in your system or, you know, like licenses and so on. So you are subscribing, you know, within maybe about, um, four to six, five weeks or so, they set up the, you know, the private cloud for you, which, you know, rests somewhere else. 
you are actually subscribing to them uh, to those services on a monthly basis so there is no fixed cost there is no maintenance somebody is taking care of the latest technologies uh, and so on and so forth analytics uh, so today for example you look at you know people having a lot of fleets of different kinds whether it is uh, aviation or you know maritime or you know most importantly is you know the trucking so today Uh, there are a lot of solutions that is coming around uh, that is being launched around uh, you know fleet performance analysis so which means they are in a position to recently i had a conversation with one such uh, startups which was actually from india which was looking at um, uh, you know trying to capture metrics from the trucks and telling the you know the fleet owner in advance that if you can service it now potentially you are going to minimize uh, you know the downtime of you know 10 trucks or so on so which means that you are doing a predictive maintenance in advance and thereby actually limiting your loss in terms of downtime as well as uh, any major damages for example right so that's for you on analytics blockchain i think everybody knows why blockchain blockchain is essentially uh trying to replace the smart contracts management which is basically cutting down the need for uh you know the the legal uh you know intermediaries and so on and trying to transact in a more safer environment iot today uh you know recently we interacted with uh, some companies which are doing um smart container movements using iot people have come up with their different business models that have come up with uh, uh, with reusable uh, iot devices for example thereby minimizing even costs for example so there is so much of innovation but predominantly this iot right now is fitting in the 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 function of mostly the container tracking uh, across geographies and continents and so on and it is working really well and autonomous which is uh, you know uh, autonomous guided vehicles now not just uh, recently somebody was asking me so that is agv is going to be very popular only in uh, markets where the um, the labor cost is high not really today uh, probably in terms of the volume and penetration probably people look at china and india as two large markets are these places uh high on labor cost no but the volumes are so significant today where can you find most of um, uh you know the the robotic equipment um, you know in terms of the warehousing environment it is mostly you know is mostly in in case of e-commerce etc where the level of automation is expected to be high and uh you, you know the the uh, the volume of the transactions volume. is so significant that's where you know china and india for instance you know otherwise if the volume is less uh, you don't need that speed because today you know e-commerce has become all about uh, speed in fact during the covid times uh, we even had a scenario in uh, in in one of the countries in the region where uh, people got fined because they were not living up to the delivery commitments you know so yes. customers got really irritated and so these are some examples frame of autonomous iot blockchain analytics and you know cloud in terms of how they are actually playing a role in transforming the supply chain frame
Wonderful, Gopal. And that, that kind of reminds me, I was reading an article this morning, which uh, was talking about Amazon getting the FDA clearance. I don't know what level of clearance it was, but they got the FDA clearance to now deliver uh, packages uh, to your doorstep in the US. So I think a lot of the regulatory authorities are also now embracing these technologies. And I think we are living in a time where uh, the go-to-market for these technologies is much faster, which actually brings me to my next question. Um, I want to understand from you uh, what the impact of these five technologies that you mentioned has actually been so far, uh, because a lot of these technologies that you about are emerging technologies, Gopal, which means that uh, they, we don't know whether it has impacted at scale yet. Uh, so I would like to pick your brain from your experience on uh, what is the level of impact that these technologies have had? Because a lot of companies are talking about pilots. Uh, have companies actually embraced this technology at large scale? And if so, uh, could you give us some examples? So, Prem, firstly, I think um, irrespective of the region, I would say that um, these, uh, these technologies, I wouldn't call these uh, as emerging, but these are probably, you know, there are emerging applications from a supply chain perspective. Uh, perhaps from a supply chain standpoint, these technologies are trying to look for uh, new applications. So that's where the readiness of uh, the different applications might be different frame. So some applications could be uh, very well entrenched. People wouldn't think twice to you know, quickly tell you from the top of their uh, heads in terms of when, when you talk about blockchain or autonomous. Uh, but in some cases, uh, it could have varying degrees of adoption. For example, you take the case of autonomous. Now, I would say from a warehouse environment, the adoption may be different in different markets, but today the, the robots in the warehouse have even created this new concept of warehousing called dark warehouses, which means you know when they are moving around, you don't hit lights. And there are some food companies also which are using it because it actually, uh, you know, it uh, it ensures highest levels of hygiene, and uh, consequently they are able to demonstrate some additional value proposition to their customers, in terms of saying is like even perfect uh, case of COVID-19. They could say that uh, it has not been touched by humans, for instance, you know, like you know, uh, contactless. Uh, yes. handling. You know? So things like that. So today, the, uh, the, the robotic involvement from a, a intra-logistics, which I call the moment within the warehouse, uh, is actually picking up well. Uh, you know, there is no surprises here. But at the same time, if I were to look at autonomous applications in trucking, right? Now that is still at a pilot stage. For example, uh, when I visited uh, Germany, I saw a link between Frankfurt and Darmstadt, which is about an hour and a half uh, outside of Frankfurt, where they were having a dedicated lane uh, to have autonomous trucks uh, between Frankfurt and Darmstadt, which will replace the trucks 
uh, on the road. So which means this is more like a you know scheduled uh, service between the two locations. Uh, so which you can book, and there are regular trucks uh, which are actually uh, flying those routes, and these are electric too. So which means on one side of the lane, you have a you know electric. Uh, uh, you know, open, you know connect, connectivity overhead. for these trucks. Yeah, overhead connectivity for these trucks to ply. So that I would say today, probably you know, it is still in, in many places. It is at a pilot stage. In some in some some countries, it might be very challenging to even uh, execute something like those. What about so, IoT, Gopal? Um, because there's a lot of talk about IoT. Um, for from 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 manufacturing standpoint, from a from a logistics and supply chain standpoint, and you were also talking about multimodal shipments. So, uh, where do you see the market in terms of IoT adoption when it comes to supply chain and logistics? So, like I was saying, you uh, like I was explaining to you earlier, the IoT adoption. Uh, we had seen some companies. Um, uh, earlier in uh, markets like Europe, which are already very well established beyond the pilot stage and actually offering solutions for contain tracking container movements. So probably, you know, uh, there are certain uh, geographic pockets where these companies are operating right now. Uh, and again, you know, the, there are a lot of solutions which have come up in terms of uh, reusability of these devices and etc which makes which is basically bringing down the cost of uh, you know iot applications and so on so uh, so even for iot or uh, even blockchain has been uh, piloted by uh, some leading uh, shippers uh, uh, shipping uh, companies like Musk and so on so the, I would say some of these technologies are at different levels of adoption, depending on the application. Some applications might be at a nascent stage or emerging stage, as you would term it, but some are actually in the process of gaining rapid adoption because there is more value that one could actually derive. It is just a question of getting more or better economies of scale as well as you know, in a lot of cases, you know, these are technology companies which are also actively seeking funding to expand and so on. So it's like, uh, you know, there's, they have to balance both sides of the coin and uh, you would see more of these uh, develop in the near future frame. Wonderful, Gopal. So the blockchain that you talked about, for instance, could be a great solution for the same problem that you stated where um, you have somebody entering something on a piece of paper and then it goes through, not only does your parcel go now through a chain of custody, but your information is also going through a chain of custody, which is not verifiable. So, so uh, the, the most important uh, aspect from blockchain perspective is the safe and secure uh, transaction of uh, the documentation or the contracts. And the fact that uh, the, res the respective people can actually deal with it uh, without waiting for somebody else. So it is like, it is not a serial process, it's a parallel process. So which means a document could be cleared in two seconds or three seconds, if all the people are working on it at the same time are not like X plus Y plus Z is equal to, you know, so that it greatly reduces transaction time. 
it simplifies or rather it uh, it keeps it very safe and secure uh, you know so but again you know uh, in in some instances uh, people feel from a cost perspective um, blockchain is not something that they would approach it uh, so quickly so that's why you will see that it is limited to very niche and uh, very highly relevant uh, applications for example slightly you know uh, digressing from uh, the logistics uh, dubai land department uh, plans to actually use blockchain to have all your land docu- you know land deeds on blockchain system um, so that you know you don't need paper uh, next time when somebody is buying and selling a property in dubai you know it's probably all electronic and uh, wow. it is authorized by the buyer and the seller and the respective government departments that is involved so which makes it uh, extremely secure right wonderful gopal so you touched upon a very interesting point which is the cost of scalability when you were talking about blockchain for example so can you tell us a little bit about um how you, a company should be approaching roi uh, what is the right and i know this is your this is your space and you know you might actually uh, be able to give us a lot of good guidance sure uh, i think this is more about the transformation and what makes sense from a transma- transformation i would say because everybody knows uh, one needs to uh, transform but uh, why and how uh, you know i think that will be the uh, primary question so why like i was uh, at the start of the conversation we spoke about uh, you know in terms of the performance aspirations it means what do you want to get to what is your performance aspiration uh, so that will actually you know uh, drive that but if you look at it from a holistic perspective um, so you're talking about three uh, vertices uh, of this whole construction i would say one is a market the other is the process and then the customer right so the technology transformation revolves around these three uh, key considerations by market i would say uh, which is basically the regulatory angle as well as the competition and by process it will be internal as well as external eventually delivering to the customer so your technology transformation or supply chain transformation or digital transformation of the supply chain whatever words you want to play with uh, but has to address the solution to the customer in a more uh, simplistic manner so which means at the end of the day today uh, for instance uh, if you are receiving a shipment for example you know things they are trying to make use of technology uh, to simplify saying click this link and you know um, and schedule your delivery now there was one instance where uh, a ship you know a delivery company sent me a link and said they wanted me to download some specific app and schedule it there so that created that is certainly not a simplification or you know like i said the transformation or the change it doesn't simplify it is actually creating a a further set of com- complications in that sense yeah process so you need to look at these 
mainly two considerations. There's the market as well as the process and your technology should eliminate some process, uh, avoid redundancies, make it more efficient. And from a market perspective, look at how you can be better in terms of competition. You can actually more uh, simplistically, um, you know, adhere to, let's say, regulatory processes and policies and so on. And eventually delivering, um, you know, more convenient and cost-effective solution to the customer. Uh, probably, you know, people would say delivering value to the customer, but the value, I would want to just split it and say that, it should be cost effective and it should it should simplify things today if you look at any business today it is actually going in the direction of trying to make things more simpler for example you take a look at you know the phones for instance the smartphones you know so what iphone has uh, or apple has created is that you can customize it but we are making it very simple so you know same same goes for you know other uh, brands like samsung or anybody for that matter they have different models. In fact, they complicate a little bit more, but you keep it simple uh, so that, that the technology transformation is more effective. At the end of the day, uh, uh, you know, it, it has to uh, deliver uh, convenience and, you know, more efficiency in what you're delivering and at the end of the day, what I'm receiving as a customer. And uh, the, the transformation need not always be uh, paid for in full or created, you know, in full. Today, there is so many of these uh, cloud-based solutions which are available for uh, you to, uh, you know, for you to pick it up on a pay-as-you-go basis or on a monthly subscription basis and so on. So uh, you can, that also gives you the flexibility to change uh, when there is somebody who is bringing in uh, a newer version of the technology. So that's a way, you know, why would you want to do it? Look at the priorities. Uh, how do you want to do it? Uh, gone are the days of, you know, like buying licenses and things like that. People are going in for, uh, you know, let me try it for a few months uh, kind of an approach. And the onus is on the developer to make sure that uh, there is constant uh, changes frame. Wonderful, Gopal. And I really like your point about uh, simplicity uh, and your example of Apple because um, Apple completely got away with the feature of you having to close the app on your phone. So Apple always thought that you close anything, the system takes care of it by itself. So um, really like that point. So coming to um, my, 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 my next question, which I was very curious about when you talked about the ROI and how do you address a problem, make it more simple and, and make it cost effective for your um, cost effective for your customer. Um, I also want to understand what are the new opportunities this brings because we are playing in a very competitive space right now post COVID. Um, and um, very interestingly, you talked about the, the ambition of being, um, being a good high performing enterprise. Uh, however, people are talking about surviving, right? So do you think the survival period is over, number one? And number two, if the survival period is over and if you come out surviving, off the, uh, surviving from the pandemic, uh, 
what are the new opportunities you should explore using uh, technology as a backbone in your whole supply chain transformation process? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, certainly um, the, the change uh, that we are seeing is more in terms of uh, rebuilding and re-establishing. Uh, so it's no longer uh, the survival mode. Perhaps I would say the last you know, three, four months have been a, you know, quite a bit of a survival mode. But I think beginning August, uh, I think you will see more of uh, people you know, building up the curve. So some of the things that you know, I would probably like to uh, uh, you know, f- cluster my response as for two different segments. One is the logistics service provider. The other is in terms of the manufacturer or a logistics or a supply chain user. Uh, so from a manufacturing perspective, uh, you'll see that people have realized the beyond the traditional channels, there is new channels uh, you know, to reach out to the customers, which they had not prioritized significantly, which can actually give you, uh, as people call it, uh, exponential growth um, you know, by uh, using technology. So that is number one. People will start, you will start seeing, you know, more of um, selling through these new channels. The second thing is in terms of digital transformation. So it, this is uh, the pandemic has taught us uh, the relevance of, uh, you know, being uh, digitally transformed. Today, for example, uh, Zoom and Teams, you know, these are all not luxuries, uh, but these are essentials for the business, right? Previously, we never, um, uh, you know, realized the, uh, it was an option. It was not mandatory. Now it is mandatory, right? So the digital transformation uh, is is critical. Then the third thing is in terms of empowering their e-commerce business. Today, you'll see that a lot of enterprises will get into the space of trying to empower e-commerce of brands because today those brands uh, suffered some reputation issues, some delivery issues when they were part of a platform, for example. So today, a lot of brands are saying, I want to build my own e-commerce platform. Uh, So that is, you know, that will be another uh, shift that you would see. Then sourcing rethink. Uh, today, we already seen, uh, you know, when we were making certain presentations a couple months back uh, during the start of the pandemic in terms of how the COVID-19 uh, impacts the entire supply chain and logistics business. One of the things that we realized was in the month of, I think, just in the month of February or March, the inability of some of the European countries not being able to complete their production due to lack of the components from the uh, from sources like China uh, left gaps to the extent of uh, you know close to fifty billion dollars in trade uh, uh, for some of the leading economies in a month. So this was because the entire supply chain. If you look at China, they have created they, they, that they were so significant as part of the entire uh, supply chain. 
so now you you start seeing that people are trying to uh, hedge that risk and diversifying their supply base to other countries a lot of uh, economies have been very vocal in actually shifting their supply base from places like china to some places in southeast asia as well as even india and there is active discussions that is uh, going on by some of the leading asian manufacturers in relocating their production uh, to some of these countries the other most important factor is workplace approach today the entire workplace approach has changed we people are sitting anywhere uh, you, you can you can collaborate quickly at you know at like you know a fraction of a second and then see each other and get things done and from a logistics service provider perspective they have realized that the scalability compared to the traditional model is not like i buy 10 trucks to yes we know were another uh, you know x percent of the business but they say that i deploy this particular technology to actually make my three people 6x uh, you know in terms of productivity and logistics service providers are also looking at trying to look at the entire value chain of the customers and not just limited to what they know best and taking it to different customers so today for example if somebody knows electronics logistics somebody knows food food logistics they used to take that to another food company they used to take that to another electronics company which was the traditional model there your growth is limited but today they go to the same customer and say what else can i help you with the customer says yeah you do the logistics but i need somebody to do the repackaging as well as combine the you know like um, yeah you know like freebies for a promotional period and also uh, you know like collect my money and so on so they actually go along the entire uh, product life cycle then there are a lot of solutions now companies have realized that smes are very important because you know most economies smaller medium enterprises accounts for at least about 97 to 98% in terms of the number of companies but you are focused on the 2 or 3% of the companies consequently if those 2 or 3% of the companies falls then you have a significant challenge so instead people look at that 98% and say how can i actually you know provide my services to the smes at a more cost effective uh, you know basis and finally uh, you know uh, from a logistics service provider standpoint people have always claimed oh i'm i have a global network i have this partner that partner you know across the globe and so on and so forth but this pandemic actually made them realize that their ties regionally and globally are not so solid you yes. know they are suddenly they were alone and and that is where i think uh, some of these logistics service providers uh, are uh, or at least they should be working towards establishing better networks regionally and globally so that at least when they have a, a trough period they are at least they get some volumes to sustain their business which can be to the extent of 20 30% from other markets uh, and so on so this is uh, my would be my you know final thought in terms of what um, you know i feel as the growth opportunities from both logistics service provider standpoint as well as the supply chain perspective from a manufacturing uh, standpoint frame wonderful gopal and this brings us to one of my, our experiences of working with some airlines where now because of visibility uh, and visibility that is democratized um some of the passenger carriers are now able to very easily 
uh, offered the same level of transparency in shipping cargo, which was actually the spe specialty of cargo airline providers. So uh, I completely agree with you that, you know, this is going to bring a lot of new opportunities and the best way that companies can approach it is through a lot of lateral thinking. Um, so coming to my final question, um, Gopal, is uh, we talked a lot about supply chain transformation and the technologies that drive it. So I think more than um, you leading the supply chain transformation consulting uh, team, I think you've actually become a technologist yourself. But this question is more about, tell me one of your experiences where technology has not solved a problem or <laughs> has actually been solved uh, very easily without using technology. Have you experienced anything like that? Yeah, I mean, there is a small, uh, you know, story. Um, I don't know from which organization, but uh, this is more of, you know, you know, common sense. In fact, you know, my view is, like I was telling you this example of, uh, uh, you know, my own experience of, um, you know, how technology should be. So it shouldn't end up complicating lives, but yes. uh, it should simplify. So one story that comes to my mind is, uh, you know, like once there was this shop floor, so once there was this, uh, this company manufacturing soaps, they received a lot of complaints that they found empty, uh, you know, soap boxes when the customers are buying it, they realize that, oh, they bought a pack of three, then there, was, there wasn't any soap in one of the cartons. So it went back and the manager, the head of the organization brought in all the people and said, but we have this unique challenge where our quality control is not so good. So we are missing soaps from the cartons. So uh, he said, you know, let's reward employees who are able to come up with some creative solutions. So then the next day, somebody walks up to him, a technician uh, lady, she says, um, so I'm from the uh, manufacturing team and uh, I have a small solution for you on this one. I said, what is the solution? So he said, finally, after this, whole packaging is done, the, the conveyor, as the conveyor moves um, and finally gets picked up in terms of lots of three or six or 12. Uh, so she said, uh, I'm going to place a fan uh, next to the conveyor. So it's a simple solution. So which means that when there is no soap, uh, they adjust the speech such that, you know, the empty uh, cartons actually flies away. So, which means it doesn't reach the customer, right? So, it's a very simple uh, common sense approach. Uh, I think at the end of the day, this is this, this is an example of how can you make things simple? If you are presenting and technology and the first thing, if somebody starts saying that, you know, we are very unique and we are very different and we are, we are I think then you probably have to pause and really look at you know, what they are trying to do. But somebody is coming and trying to give you a simple uh, solution and say, look, I'm trying to solve this particular problem. Then it would make a lot more of an interesting business case as, as opposed to some technology which is trying to reinvent the same wheel but coming up with a different team and, you know, different set of tools. So that's some uh, non-technology solution for you, Prem. 
<laughs> Excellent, Gopal. That was that's a very interesting story, and I think it makes total sense uh, that problem solving comes first. Um, so to summarize our entire conversation, um, I think uh, what we gathered from this is that supply chain transformation is not a big change. It's small changes uh, which you take, uh, take, take on the different inefficiencies and problems that you find in your supply chain. Uh, the second takeaway that, uh, that I really registered from this chat is that uh, there are five technologies, which are namely IoT, blockchain, autonomous, analytics, and cloud, which are the which are the drivers of supply chain transformation in a large way. And uh, the third takeaway, really for me, which was most interesting, was that um, when you're actually looking at deploying these technologies, you don't need a whole IT team to come in and do this for you because a lot of them are actually offering a pay-as-you-go and on-demand model and you could use it specifically to solve your problem. And the last and more interesting takeaway, uh, at least for me, was the, your, your, your passionate thoughts about simplicity and the fact that don't use technology when you don't need to, <laughs> like with the example yep. you gave. So thank you, Gopal. Uh, wonderful. And we look forward to chatting with you some other time down in the future. Appreciate your time. Thank you so much uh, to the Rombi team, uh, uh, Damola, uh, as well as the rest of the team, and to Prem uh, for this interesting uh, dialogue in terms of uh, starting with the supply chain and ending with uh, you know a tradition, you know traditional way of solving problems. So, thanks for this opportunity. Thanks for joining us this time. If you haven't already, subscribe to the Supply Chain Tech Podcast with Romby. If you'd like to support us and invest in yourself while you're at it, visit romby.com. You'll find blogs, ebooks, case studies, webinar discussions, digital solutions, and a bunch of other helpful resources about supply chain visibility and the related technologies. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you next time.